get consent, which is a noise she makes, not a feeling you feel. Consent is the gold standard. Everyone knows what's going on, and everyone said yes. Hello, exactly. Open and honest communication. Mutual acceptance. Yeah, love is blind, lust is Helen Keller. Consent is. I mean, like, you'd have to ask me, like, when I'm not drunk. Hello, exactly. Consent is honesty. What people agree to do. Drive safe, don't rape. Hello, exactly. Never optional. Sexy and required. Hello, exactly. Gentlemen, I think we can all agree that no means no every single time. But what about, uh-huh, even then for sure. Welcome back to Consentences. It's been a minute. There's a lot that's been happening over the last year or two. And uh, shockingly, this podcast that we started a, a couple of years ago kind of got deprioritized. And now it seems like the right time to bring it back. While the focus previously was really about just consent in different lifestyles to have conversations to better understand, you know, unique experiences and uh, at a much more personal level, it's time to open it up a little bit more. And so now the minor pivot of what this is going to be about is I'm going to be approaching all of this from a perspective of a human connection enthusiast. Really, all I want to do is be able to connect with others, have conversations, discussions that are all based around just the human condition, vulnerability, um, authentic engagement, and getting really honest about our emotions and how we think about one another, how we think about our relationships, how we think about our families, our, our, our friends, any of it, and have it be truly centered on how can we do all of that better? Or at the very least, giving opportunities to people to just express their truth from a very integrity-focused place share their experience. I'm leading with that and the other really important piece in terms of what's going to be different now is that it's just going to be me on the show. Marvel and I have decided that we are getting divorced. Uh, this was a decision that we made several months ago. We've been separated for a better part of this year and it's the right choice for us. And I want to emphasize the fact that just because we don't work and we have mutually agreed that our happiness lies outside of one another, that it doesn't change the fact that we love one another until the end of time. I want to use this episode to call out and discuss everything that I feel or as much as I can, <laughs> as much as I can express in terms of how meaningful our marriage has been in terms of what I've learned, in terms of what I now know my needs to be, what are things that I like absolutely can't have in my next relationship 
because our only point here, like on this plane of existence, is to constantly be learning, evolving, growing through the interactions that we have with others that are deeply embedded in the emotions that we experience. I think that it would be doing a disservice to the immense impact that our marriage had on me to not have that be the crux of what this episode is going to be. And who knows, down the road, maybe there will be an opportunity for us to reconvene and mutually have this discussion. And until that happens, I would like to have this be an expression of gratitude for what our relationship was uh, and absolutely not hold on to any resentments or any anger or any negativity. Marvel is somebody that I absolutely love and will always love. And there is a lot to be learned from what our relationship was. One of the really important ones is expressing your emotions in real time. So that kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, don't ever try to push through an emotion with your partner. So, I mean, in our case, we were we were ethically non-monogamous. We were open. We played with others. And more times than I would care to admit, I personally decided to grin and bear it when I was uncomfortable with things because I didn't want to be the buzzkill or I didn't want to be the, the one who wasn't open or um, accepting enough of where we were at. And inevitably that ended poorly. And it was because I didn't trust myself enough and I didn't trust the relationship enough, uh, certainly early on to be that honest and not fear a, re a repercussion of expressing it. And so I would very often, uh, either just bury what my feelings were. I would try to drink through them. I would pretty much do anything that I could to not engage at the level that I was feeling. It never went well. Another thing is that anytime that there is a, a break in terms of uh, whether it is trust or uh, agreed upon, you know, rules of engagement with others or pretty much anything where if there is an expectation set and something happens outside of that, there needs to be a conversation very specifically about the thing. So whatever it was in terms of what the break was and with it immediately followed with a, a commitment for change, there needs to be an action associated with whatever the break was. Um, again, I can just speak for myself. The number of times that we spent hours ad nauseum talking through everything so that one or both of us could feel right or heard or validated, and then none of it would end with a, well, here is what's going to be different. And that 
piece of it, I think absolutely would have made mountains of difference. Um, certainly in my next relationship, that is going to be something that is just how I manage my own emotions and how I manage evolution and change within the relationship. Always set clear expectations and have the conversation about engaging others, what, what your wants, what your needs are before you go out. We were really good about it early on. And, you know, after a couple of breaks in trust, it became something that was just less important and we didn't prioritize it. And in not prioritizing it, it was premeditated resentments where it was like one or both of us is going to do something that is going to upset the other because we haven't had an expectation talk. And yet neither of us can be held accountable to what we're doing because we haven't talked about any of it. That's a really painful one because that is something that is so infinitely controllable and something that we just chose not to do. I would just, that is something that is absolutely going to be at paramount of any engagements I have with people going forward um, because it's so accessible and it is so easy ultimately. And it still requires a level of prioritization in order to do it. And we simply didn't. And it needs to be something that going forward I do. So after those breaks happen, when something goes awry inevitably because of expectations not being set or one or both of us would be, you know, intoxicated or in any way starts to get really emotional about things, we would always have the a talk while we were sober saying, if we're both or one of us is really emotional and not sober, then it needs to be something that we can just put a pin in and like have a conversation about the next day. That rarely happened. And it would very often turn into a larger argument for one of us trying to stop or slow a conversation and trying to resolve or mitigate an issue when one or both of us didn't have all of our faculties never made sense. Uh, and I would feel it in the moment and I would express as much and she would sometimes too, like this was both of us. Uh, and yet we would continually try to drive those conversations because we wanted to get to a resolution faster than we were even remotely capable of doing. And instead of being patient and waiting for both of us to have the ability to have that conversation, we would just dump gasoline on fires. It's so clear to me now that having the wherewithal to recognize an argument starting that is based on negligent behavior and both parties being willing to say, we aren't able to do this well right now, so we need to wait. And 
truly reinforcing the idea that patience will always trump anything. Like if you wait a minute, 10 minutes, an hour, a day, the intensity of the emotion that is driving the need for resolution will dissipate and it will allow for a rational conversation to get to a place where you can make commitments to make change. One of the things that we did very early on was mutually decide that there was a hierarchy in terms of how we should think about how we engaged with the world around us as a couple. And the order of operations that we chose was us, me, you. Which is very literally codependency. I have a t-shirt that she <laughs> put it on. <laughs> um, and the fact that trying to pass everything through a lens of us in terms of anything that we were doing um, ended up being so counterintuitive in terms of us being able to have good conversations around what our wants and needs were, ensuring that you know our wants and needs were getting met, that uh, there wasn't gross subjectivity around, well, I was doing this, but it was for us, um, or the times where it'd be like, oh no, I decided that like what I needed trumped us. So now I'm deprioritizing us for me, which immediately turned into a like, well, I guess I'm not important or I guess, you know, my feelings don't matter. And, you know, you can just be selfish and basically take what you need. And as long as whatever the fallout of that is, uh, is something that you can deal with, then I guess that's okay. And the reality of it being that it should always have been me, us, you. In a very real sense of if I'm taking care of myself, and this is like just kind of across the board, self-love and self-care, like the if you were only going to love one thing in your entire life, it needs to be yourself. It needs to be me. And I'll, I'll just project that. I'm saying that the only thing that I need to love for sure, 100% in this world is me. In doing that, it allows for me to have the acceptance, confidence, self-esteem, all of it, so that I can be the best version of myself in order to be of service, in order to be participatory in all of the lives and the loves and my family and everyone who is around me. And that is simply not what we did. And shockingly, it never worked out well. Learn to love dialectics and learn to love living in the gray. Black and white thinking in a relationship with certainly some exceptions just 
isn't how a relationship works. Uh, the idea that I was doing my absolute best and it hurt her happened all the time. Trying to make things easier with black and white thinking so that there was uh, ultimately someone at fault or that there was blame that could be given. Again, didn't really matter because we weren't moving to a place of action after that was even decided. It was, I needed resolution, so I need for you to take this blame. Or at times where like I was fully owning what I was doing, all I wanted to do is like, yep, that was my fault. And I just wanted the conversation to stop because it was painful. And I didn't want there to be more to it because it meant that I had to really dig into the emotions that I wasn't ready to address because I had spent uh, the better part of my life just burying and masking all of the emotions that I feel. And this relationship, and because of pieces of it, and I'll talk about it more in a little bit, got me to a place where I got to sit back in my emotions again. And at the time, it just wasn't happening. Like I wasn't available for it. I wanted there to be clear cut rules and ownership and not have to think about the myriad of ways that anything could be seen or perceived. I wanted it to be easy. Shocker, nothing about a marriage is easy. There are times that it is, for sure. And as soon as there is conflict, unless both parties are 100% invested in the best interests of the marriage, there isn't a positive outcome that's possible. And again, we showed that to each other time and time again. During our marriage, we both independently and mutually went to therapy. And something that we never did in terms of when we were both independently seeing therapists, we never had any conversations around what our goals were in terms of the conversations and the the focus of our time with our therapists. And I actually don't know if this is necessarily right or wrong, or this is just a thought that I had, but it seems like it would be really important to at least broadly understand what the other was working on. Uh, Certainly it doesn't need to require all of the details of like what the discussions are at any level of like invasion of privacy. And it does seem like that's something where in order to be supportive and understand the focus of change of your partner, it's not possible unless you have those discussions. And we, again, we're absolutely not doing that. Um, 
we were both incredibly guarded about what we were working on, um, despite both of us wanting to know what the other was working on, but it turned into really shitty conversations where we were, I mean, again, I will say I, I was questioning what she was working on and what, you know, what her evolution looked like. And primarily that all happened after I started making major changes to myself based on um, some powerful therapy that I had gone through. And I was holding her accountable through a comparison model that is absolutely just unconscionable. Um, and this is actually a really just in a general one. Any of the growth or developments that you as a person do during a marriage, taking that and ever comparing it to what is happening with your partner? No. <laughs> Fucking no. Um, and I absolutely did that. And it turned into a nightmare for us because I was so focused on how I was finally getting back in touch with myself and evolving that all I wanted was that for her. And yet I wasn't at a place where I could truly recognize it's going to happen on her time. Like there isn't any, there isn't any way that I can expedite what her, uh, what her process is going to be and what her timetable is to process and manage and deal with any traumas, anything that she's, you know, whatever emotionally that she's working through. Uh, and it was just ridiculous that I thought that I could. Um, but that also goes to a big piece of things that I worked on that uh, despite me thinking that I never, I never needed to be right. Uh, the way that I worked that out in my head was, well, no, I don't need to be right. But it just happens to be that the way that I'm thinking about things is right. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, like a big thing that I worked through that and um, just levels of control around making any efforts to control conversations or to control the outcome or emotions. Um, there were times that I was incredibly manipulative. And it was all stemming from a place of uh, ultimately emotional entitlement based on previous actions where it was just like, well, you've hurt me, so now I'm going to hold you accountable to that because we haven't made real commitments that we're, again, holding each other accountable to. And I am just going to continually bring up the past as a means of control. And I mean, I, I can't apologize enough for how my response, I can't apologize enough for my reactions to 
Marvel's behavior at times. I absolutely couldn't manage my emotions and they all fell into anger in terms of what I felt I could control because anger to me is something that is focused and I know that I will never be physically violent, but it would allow me to channel everything that I was feeling into a, a directed voice that almost felt like out of body at times when I would be upset. And it was never okay. And it's something that over the five years, it was really only in the last year that uh, when I would get upset, I would just sit in it and I would let it, I would allow myself to experience whatever that emotion was because it's never just anger. That was just easy um, as a means of moving forward and as a means of feeling again, like I could put it in a box and I had a way of controlling what my emotion was as opposed to, no, this is actually going to hurt a lot and you're going to have to sit in it. And it may be disappointment. It may be uh, jealousy. It may be envy. It may be fear. Always, always fear. Um, I mean, almost as an absolute, everything that I expressed as a negative emotion that negatively impacted Marvel was entirely fear-based because of my fears of, of abandonment and fears of not being good enough. Neither of us focusing on or prioritizing the need to reconcile what that was for both of us because we both have that same fear. And we hurt each other a lot. And so much of was it, so much of it was based on the fact that <laughs> I can just speak for myself that if I had to sit in exactly how I felt about everything, then it meant that um, I had to genuinely take ownership for my part of why it was happening. And it took me so long. It took me, I mean, we were married for five years and it took four years. It was only in the last year that I started to truly understand that my behaviors absolutely fed directly into continued bad behavior. And because I wasn't ever seeking to understand, I didn't want to think that 
like I wanted to think that either she was a just a villain, straight up villain that was like, you know, just trying to hurt me. Because that at least in my head, if that were true, at least I was I'd had I had been married to a um like a criminal mastermind versus the other side of it, which uh, again, in my black and white thinking, so it was either she was uh, an amazing villain at like Moriarty level in Sherlock, or she didn't think about it at all and didn't care. Except there was another option, which was uh, she wasn't doing anything to me. She was doing things for herself. And the fact that that happened multiple times and we never truly reconciled any of it or dealt with any of it, it just happened to be a behavior that happened multiple times. Um, and it would inevitably come to the same conclusion where I would get really angry. I would absolutely make her feel terrible about herself and neither of us would grow or have any sense of resolution. All of that makes it like, all of that is really, really painful for me to think about. Because now, with how I just think about engagement and, you know, just relationships in general, I want to have those conversations so that we can get to a place of, well, why did that thing happen? And really get to, like, a you know, root cause of, like, what is it about one or both of us that matters that is causing this? Like, where is the fear? Where is, like, what is the... uh what is missing? Like what isn't, what want or need isn't being met. And in never actually having those conversations, like I'm like, we're, I mean, I think both of us are still in a place of like, we don't really know about any of it. And again, this goes back to the fact that like, I mean, I'm not owed shit. I mean, whatever timeline she decides to work through things, if she decides to work through things, maybe that's a conversation for down the road. And it's still for me throughout, like just the overview of our entire marriage is just radical acceptance of everything that's happened, happened. None of it can be changed. And if I have any expectations of being able to have deep and meaningful connections and relationships with people going forward, all of that has to just be left in the past. I'm having this conversation right now for all the reasons that I need to integrate all of the mistakes that I've made and all of the things that I've learned. And I can't possibly uh, tie any of my thoughts or feelings or anything to another person's process. I can only control my own 
thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and constantly seek to understand when I'm not aligned with another person. Something else that we never really did, um, certainly not consistently, I mean, it happened sometimes, we didn't check in on each other in terms of like just overall happiness and like job satisfaction and career satisfaction or just what we were working on. I mean, Marvel was always sure of like what she was doing and she's a rock star and doing it. I was always miserable um, in what I was working on and it wasn't until this year that I finally voiced that and then felt unsupported. And it just felt like a gross imbalance of one. I mean, I, <clears throat> I wasn't speaking up for what my concerns were. And I also felt like if I were speaking up, it wouldn't matter. So in parallel with that, you should always know what your partner's next move is. So in the case of Marvel, I always knew that she was going to, you know, start her own practice and, you know, run her own show. And I never drove a conversation around what I wanted to do next. So I, I'll own that. And it was also something where, I mean, we talked so often about what she was doing, and I always felt like I was being really supportive of what she needed, certainly not at all times. Like, I mean, just blanket very clearly based on everything I've already said. I am like light years from perfect or being present in ways that I needed to be at times. And uh, I mean, I just never felt like she truly knew what was going on with me in terms of career or my passions or where I would be happy. And yes, again, I could have spoken to it. And there were, I mean, this is, this is something where a level of intuitiveness is again, unfair. No one is a mind reader. And Asking your partner, are you happy with your job? Are you happy with where things are at? And having like what can very easily be incredibly emotional conversations around what that is because of how loaded things like that are. And like you need to have them. I mean, in terms of having transparency and intimacy and I mean, you need to have those conversations. And for so much of our marriage, we spent time being so afraid of hurting the other or uh, doing something that would ultimately provoke the other and it would turn into an argument that, I mean, I mean, we spent a lot of our marriage really distant. Which, again, once that happens, it makes it really hard to have a conversation about it. So, I mean, I don't know if there were really a better way to do any of it. And 
I know that we both failed in terms of having really meaningful conversations with one another and caring about where the other was at. And so much of it was because we became so protective of self because of how much pain we were putting each other through that putting up walls and, you know, expecting the worst from the other was a way of being for us. And we were miserable. So, I mean, having that been, that having been the experience, it was untenable. And I will a hundred percent commit to every relationship I have going forward, expressing emotions in real time, checking in consistently. And even if things that we're talking about are painful in the moment, they will be brought up as soon as there is something that needs to be talked about. Something that we both really kind of failed at too, to a degree, I, I think I was worse about it, was expressing what our wants and needs were. So I think Marvel was better about it. And even when she would express what she needed, uh, which was by and large in terms of love languages, like she always wanted uh, physical touch and she wanted uh, and ultimately intimacy and uh, just sexual play and quality time. And that would get met with times where I was dealing with like deep depression and feeling almost smothered by like someone who seemed really needy and lacked the inability to be independent. And I felt like I was never asking for anything other than I just need space. Like I need my own time. And then when I would express like my love language being acts of service, it would be as simple as like, I would love, you know, for you to unprompted uh, offer to give me, you know, a foot massage or proactively take care of something that like I just do around the house. And I mean, at various times that happened for both of us, like where we would actually meet each other's needs. And then other times we would both just sink right into resentment and just not care uh, at all about the other person's needs. We would only really pay attention to the fact that ours weren't being met. And then almost hold that as punishment for the other, or at least that's how it would feel. I mean, I don't think that's true. Um, but absolutely, that would be something where it was just like, you know, if, you know, if X, then Y, except X wasn't happening. So then Y wasn't happening. And because Y wasn't happening, Z wasn't happening. And it was just like this crazy snowball effect of, um, well, if I'm unhappy, then we both will be. 
and again, I don't think any of it was on purpose. I know I like I certainly wasn't thinking it thinking of it in terms of that. Um, but that's exactly how it played out. Uh like we were both immensely selfish. And I mean, it's just something that can't happen in a functional and happy relationship. The ability to take ownership and accountability whenever your words or behavior cause a negative emotional reaction from your partner is huge. And even if the actual reaction may be like, if it doesn't fit the facts and it seems like it's overblown, but it's still like in the case of like, if I did something that I was like, okay, yeah, I stayed out late or I, you know, said I wasn't going to do drugs and I did. And then Marvel would, you know, lose her shit on me and I'd be like, this seems insane. Like, why are you so mad? This is such a little thing, except it's not in the sense of if I'm living in integrity and my thoughts and my emotions are in line with my behaviors, then there isn't an issue. Often, what would happen is that they would be out of alignment. And what I would say and what I would do would not be aligned in the same way that, you know, there were plenty of times that she would do the same, where I'm going to do this, and then that's not at all what happened. And both of us, in those cases, very often, would get self-righteous and be like, well, I mean, why are you really that mad about this thing? Because you did this other thing. And it was a lot of emotional Rob Peter to pay Paul. Like, you hurt me last, so now I'm going to do this. And so now that we've kind of settled up there, now you have another freebie so that you can hurt me. And I can't really be mad, but I will. And I mean... Ultimately, it all came down to just terrible communication and just complete lack of respect for one another. Something we didn't do often, going back to the idea of just committing to actionable changes, when there would be something that was, you know, one or the other would do or say something that would really hurt the other, we wouldn't prioritize a resolution. So we wouldn't take the time to say, okay, well, you know, this wasn't, this isn't okay. And this is something that we have to talk about tomorrow so that we can mutually come to an understanding as to what happened and why, and what are the changes that need to happen so it doesn't happen again. Uh, very frequently, it would just be something that would 
just disappear because again, we just didn't really want to manage those conversations with each other because both of us were so perpetually hurt and living in resentment that it wasn't a priority. And that is, again, absolutely not a way that a healthy relationship can survive. Along the lines of, uh, I mean, it falls into the resentment category as to why so many things changed or why we would deprioritize one another, but we absolutely wouldn't prioritize time with each other. So, I mean, I mean, we did a number of different iterations of why we needed to have date nights or like specific time that we would like absolutely set aside to be with one another. And it was always something that felt forced and felt like fake it till you make it given just the trauma that we have, we had, uh, put each other through. Uh, and we, I think again, with best intentions, like we wanted that to be true. Like we wanted to be able to spend that time together and it was fucking painful. Uh, I, and again, I can just speak for myself where, you know, having a person who is, you know, hurt me so much and, or I, I should say who I have allowed to, uh, impact me in the way that she did. I didn't have it in me to have that be a focus to prioritize spending time together with somebody that I at times hated um, because of so many unresolved things. And in addition to that, not prioritizing each other, but, and ultimately this was something that happened more for her, but where she would prioritize herself or spending time with other people over us. So it wasn't even like not prioritizing us. It was just straight up prioritizing herself. And all of that was massively damaging uh, because once again, it all comes down to the fact that we just weren't communicating anything and we were both making assumptions. We both thought by and large just about ourselves and our own protection of, of self and ego. And just, I mean, we were fucking gross in terms of how we treated one another. And then I think kind of the the last really important one, like just as a blanket kind of across everything that I've already talked about is the idea that once you compromise your values and there aren't repercussions, you are essentially telling somebody how they are, how they can treat you. And so and again, this was both of us where like not living in the values of honesty and integrity led to 
levels of resentment and paranoia and breaches of privacy and uh, what felt like very intentional like repercussions to like almost vindictive levels uh, of response to things. And <laughs> all of it was because we weren't willing to do the work that we needed to do in order to get ourselves right and actually move past things that had happened. So I think almost that having been said as the overall blanket for everything, if you are in a relationship and this is the thing that I take away from this, and I am so grateful for everything that I've just discussed in terms of, all of the things that I did wrong, like all of the things that we did wrong. And the fact that I very much want to internalize all of it and I continue to reflect on it and I don't want to ever be that person. And I recognize that I was. Uh, but if I am not prioritizing communication in meaningful relationships that I have, then 100% history is going to repeat itself. Because as soon as there is a break in communication and resentment starts, if it is not met immediately with a, an intensity to manage it and to focus on it and to resolve and understand one another. I mean, it just seems inevitable that you are like that the path that we went down is exactly where it would go again. And literally the focus of that and the way to avoid it is being willing to be uncomfortable in the immediacy of a conversation versus well, if I don't talk about it, hopefully it'll go away because it never will. And I mean, I can, I can speak for myself. Like I will remember everything. Like I hold fucking grudges and at least historically I have. And all they do is hurt me and hurt the person that I'm with or my friends or family because all I'm doing is I want you to know how much you hurt me. And in doing that, I'm consistently reliving that thing and I'm making you do the same and I'm making you now resent me. And it is just driving me deeper down into the dirt in terms of like what my self-worth is and what my self-respect is versus let's have a really uncomfortable conversation and get to a place where we can commit to changes and then hold each other accountable to them. So, yeah. I'm incredibly thankful for all of the experiences, all the amazing time, all of the lessons learned in being married to Marvel. And I'm very excited for both of us to be able to do things differently and to have learned from what this was so that we don't ever have to put ourselves or other people through this. We both deserve to be happy. And 
I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to put it. Like the, the shit that we have put each other through, we absolutely have earned a level of happiness without each other. And I'm excited for both of us to be able to find that happiness. So I think that's probably going to wrap it up for this one. Um, and yeah, and I'm, it's a lot of pain. It's a lot of learning. It's a lot of, uh, vulnerability around really what all my parts were in all of this and continuing to, you know, work through therapy and meditation and, you know, any other number of ways that I'm reflecting on the person that I had become so that I can do things differently. And I mean, it's an evolution and, and it's, and it's something that's really important to note that it's only going to happen because I'm choosing for it too. Uh, I think that's another piece of it that, I mean, I hadn't really talked about where the idea of if you don't like what your partner is like or how they act or how they behave, uh, you can't change it. I mean, you can have conversations around how their behavior impacts you and how it makes you feel. And a person is who they are. Uh, once you're kind of like fully baked after 30 or so. Um, and I mean, undoubtedly people grow and they change, but they do it on their timetable based on their wants and needs and based on ultimately how they can be most fulfilled. So any ideas of changing a person or ultimatums or requiring any emotional or behavioral changes, you need to let that shit go. Um, Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's along the lines of like, if you have ever known an addict or an alcoholic, uh, if you were to ever tell them, you have to stop or you can't be here, they might do it for a little bit and then that's just going to end and they're going to go on a bender. And ultimately in a relationship, if there are any types of handcuffs or anything that is uh, stifling, that is preventing a person from being who they are, they're going to figure out ways that they can work around whatever parameters have been set because every person needs to be able to have the freedom of choice and free will to do what they want. And all we can do in a relationship is express what our wants and needs are and trust in that the person that we are with will value our feelings as much as their own. And it's really hard. <laughs> Relationships are really hard. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap it up there because otherwise I'll just continue to meander through this fucking conversation and not actually land anywhere. So uh, all of that 
is just the overview of the gratitude and lessons and everything that I've learned. I mean, and I have no doubt that there are plenty of other things that I'm not even thinking about right now that didn't make it into this that will likely come up at other times. And at the core of this, I am so incredibly thankful for the love that Marvel and I have shared and will continue to feel for one another and know that we are on board with each other, finding happiness outside of each other. And, and yeah, and that's, that's going to be it for this one. So um, make sure to like, and subscribe, check out consentences on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much wherever. And it's just at consentences. And uh, other than that, I love me. I love y'all. And I'm going to see you on the next one.